Yeah, very nice. All right, today's daf is daf Lamed Dalid. We're beginning in the, at the middle of Lamed Gimel Amud Beis, the Tanur by the two dots. We're going to do there's a long brisa, another brisa reach at least fifteen line brisa, and then going to go and break it down and explain every piece of the brisa. So let's see. But just as an introduction to the brisa, we are still continuing with the machlokas that we had yesterday. We had a machlokas between Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Shmuel. Rabbi Akiva held that when a mazik damages a nizak, immediately at the point of damage, the mazik gain, the, 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 the nizak gains equity into the mazik's uh, uh, damaging item. Let's say an ox in this case. Now remember, we're talking about tam. Because muad, you don't need equity. Muad, you need to pay 100% from whatever it is you own. So you can take the guy's house, you can, we're not be talking about specifically about Tom, where there's a din of chatzi nezek, capped by the value of the, the mazik's uh, ox. 100% of the mazik's value. 50? No, no, it's going to be 50%. Only it's 100% if it's less than, if it comes out less than chatzi of the nezek. But if it comes out to be, let's say, let's say it's all, that the, the animal is worth much more, then you only get equity in 50% of it. You don't get the equity in the full 100%. You only get the, 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 the it, it, it's capped by the total amount of the mazik's animal, right. But that's Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva says you automatically, whatever the damage was, half of that damage, you get equity in the mazik's, it could be up to 100% of what the mazik owns, up to, but it doesn't automatically come 100% of it. It's only, but you know, the uh, equity of- 100% of the mazik, which has got to be 50% of the value of the nizik. Uh, right. Up to uh, 50% of the nizik. That's the way Rabbi Shmuel did the disagree. Rabbi Shmuel said that it's, li- it's like a creditor. It's not, you don't get equity in the item. He now is considered to be a debt, a debtor to the nizak, the nizak is the creditor, the mazik is the debtor. However, we ended up yesterday's dab, it's a little bit more than that, because it's, there's a lien that's placed on the mazik's uh, item, and it's more like an apotiki. An apotiki is like, that's a designated lien. It's considered to be a designated lien. Now we're going to see that this is all up to the point of where the verdict takes place. Once the verdict takes place and there is a requirement of payment from Basin, then it could be that even Rabbi Shmuel holds, it's more than even just a lien or even an apotiki, then it's like almost like an, an equity in the item itself. That could be Rabbi Shmuel might agree with that. But that was a machlokas we left off yesterday. Now we're going to go through the b'risa. Says the b'risa as follows. Shartam shehizik. So we learn, Tanabona, shartam shehizik. You have an ox that's a tam that caused damage. At amad bedin. If it's prior to having gone to Beisdin, Machroi Machor, the sale that the Mazik tries to sell, he tries to sell his damaging ox, will be considered to be a sale. Now, we're going to have to understand that, because Lechora, Rabbi Akiva, for sure it would not be a sale at all. You can't sell something that somebody else has a, is a partner in, it might even be the, the, the sole owner, depending on the level of the damage. So it doesn't seem to be going to the sheet there, Rabbi Akiva, because otherwise, why would it be a sale? All right? But even in Rabbi Shmuel, it's going to be difficult to understand why it's a sale if it has the status of an apotiki. We saw an apotiki, not like an apotiki of, a, of, a, of an animal, regular animals, but an apotiki of like an evid, which allows the nizak to come back. Well, and, it's a, it's 
it's, it's a stronger lead that from that it's, it's but only from this designated area as opposed to it, it's limiting to this item it gives a stronger it's not equity yet but it's considered to be stronger right it allows you in certain cases which we said one of these cases that if it's sold you can come back and take it right so therefore so but here it says it's a sale Hegdesha Mukdash. And if you try to consecrate it, the Mazik is able to consecrate it. Again, doesn't seem to be going like the sheet of Rabbi Akiva. Because according to Rabbi Akiva, how could you be mocked with something? Forget about lean. Forget about lean. Rabbi Akiva doesn't hold lean. Rabbi Akiva holds the other guy has equity in it. So therefore, how could you be mocked with somebody else's item? Right. All right. Shachtai Matana. If you slaughtered it, the Mazik decided to shecht it. Or he gifted it away. Masha asa asui. What was done is done. We're going to have to explain these, these cases. Now, Misha Ahmad Bedin, now it's even more. Because now they, they actually was, they went judgment, to court. Right? There was a judgment already made in court. Okay? Which therefore, what will that do to the rights of the Nizak over the damager's animal? It should, it should, line, it should strengthen it, should they, right, right. So therefore, So even if he tries to sell it, doesn't work at all. Hegdeshov, even if he tried to maktash it, doesn't ma- it's not maktash at all. Shachtev onasmatana, if you shechted it, or you gave it as a gift, loss of a klum, what you've done is nothing. Now we'll have to explain exactly what it means nothing. You shechted the animal, but we'll yeah. see, right. Now we're talking about a situation like this. Let's say this animal that was owned by the mazik also uh, there is a the mazik himself has a creditor that has wants to get paid for the outstanding debt that the mazik owes him. So again, what happened over here is the mazik damaged the nizuk, okay? But that mazik also had taken a loan from somebody else. So mazik Ruven damaged Shimon. But Ruvain also had borrowed money from Levi. Now Levi wants to get paid. Levi comes and wants to take the ox as payment, the ox which the Nizak has an eye on because the Nizak wants to get his payment for the damages from that ox. So they're basically, there's a fighting over the same ox. One is for the damage and one is to pay off an outstanding debt. What's that? I thought they, no, only, only by a third person, but not if the guy, if, I, if you owe money to a guy, he could take the shirt off your back. Okay. All right? So says like this. Now, let's say the, uh, the levy over here, that means the, the creditor came, and, uh, and he just grabbed it. He just took it. I mean, he was called Tfisa. Tfisa means not asking any questions. This, I have a right, you owe me a thousand bucks. I'm taking this animal. So the, 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 the Gemara says like this, that the, the Brizer says, Ben chav achelo hizik, ben hizik achelo chav. It doesn't matter. Did the debt come before the damage? Or did the debt, means, is it a second or is it a first? Did the debt come, it makes the difference whether the debt came before the damage, or the damage came before the debt. Either way, laws of a loklum, the nizak can go to the creditor and take back the animal, which means that what the lien that the, that the nizak has over the animal 
is stronger, supersedes than what the right. Then we'll deal with it. And the reason the Gemara, the Bryce gives, has to be explained to you, because the bottom line is he can only collect from the animal. That's what the tom, a tom, damage of a tom doesn't allow him to go collect from the guy's house. He's limited from the goof of the animal. Somehow that empowers him to be, uh, to super, it gives him the power that he supersedes a regular debt. Because a regular debt is not limited only to collect from the animal. A regular debt can take. The, the ready creditor can take from anything. He doesn't have to take only from the so, animal. So, so which one is, is, is on top of it? The nizik is on top of the borrower then? Yes, yes. Now, this is all talking about a tom, where the tom, where the nizik is limited, he's only allowed to collect from where? The nizik? The nizak can only collect from the animal. From the animal. Right. The now, we did learn yesterday that, Rabbi, that according to Rabbi Yishmo, is that since it's only a lien, if the mazik so chooses, he could pay out of pocket and say, well, leave me my animal, here's the money. Right? According to Rabbi Yishmo, you might not be able to do that because the guy has equity in the item. He actually owns it. But Lamaisa, in terms of, from the perspective of the nizak, the only thing he's able to take is, is from the animal itself. Whereas a debtor, a creditor, right, that's correct. Now, this is all by tongue. But, right, by muad, says the Gemara, a muad shehizik. If it's a muad that damaged, right, which is nezik sholem, ben she'amad bedin, ben she'amad bedin. It really makes no difference at this point whether it had been, there was a verdict or no, there had been a judgment, had not been a judgment, right? Machre, machar, if the mazik sells it, it's a sale. If the, the mazik is makdish the animal, it's a it's hegdish. Again, the reasoning is because there's no lien on this particular item specifically, because since you're dealing with a muad, uh, the payment of the muad, all his assets are, are fair game. Okay. And therefore, so therefore that actually makes it less, you have less rights over the actual mazik itself. I don't care about the mazik per se. Right, but you're, you're in a better position because there's more security. Correct. Now. If you shechted it or you gave it away as a gift, what was done is done. And it makes no difference. Before the verdict, after the verdict, same ruling. Now what happens in the case of a muad? The debtor shows up. I'm not the debtor, the creditor. The lady. lady shows up. Your uh, uh, Ruvain's animal damaged Shimon's animal. And Levi is... Uh, and Ruvain and Reuven had borrowed from Levi, and Levi shows up now, and he wants to take this, the, the, the muad for payment, all right? So therefore, Again, it doesn't matter who's the first or who's the second. Whether the damage happened before the loan, or whether the loan happened before the damage, either way, Reuven, Levi can collect his debt from the ox, and Shimon can't stop him from doing it, right? Masha Asa Asui, what was done is done. Lefish Amish Talim Enaminaliyah, because in the case of Muad, it's been, you can take even from the best of his properties. It's not limited to the ox. And therefore, since it's not limited to the ox, pretty much the, you don't have a lien at all on the ox because you don't have to take from the ox, which gives strength now to Levi, gives strength because the debtor can say, listen, I grabbed it, I'm gonna keep it. What are you gonna say? No, I need it, you don't need it. Why don't you need it? Because the Nizza doesn't have to get paid from the animal. The Nizza is allowed to go and take 
the house if he needs to get to pay his damage. So therefore, like this, so that's the end of the brisa. We're going to break down the different elements of the brisa. But the brisa basically is dealing with the first half of the brisa is dealing with a tom. Second half of the brisa is dealing with a muad. The first half of the brisa says basically is that in a case where the mazik sold his tom, right? If it's before the the verdict before the judgment, and he sold his time, it says what he did, what he sold is a sale, and what he was consecrated is a consecration, all right? Where, and, and if he gave a gift or he slaughtered it, he slaughtered and gave a gift, what he did was considered done. We'll see what that means, all right? But uh, if in fact there was, and, 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 if, and any creditor that tries to take it away, tries to grab it, we will take it away from the creditor and award it to the nizak. If it's after the verdict, all right, so we said if the verdict has already happened, right, then in such a case, you cannot consecrate it, you cannot sell it, what you shechted, what you gifted it, all those things are meaningless. We'll, we'll get through. Now, if it's a muad, on the other hand, so a muad, it doesn't matter before the verdict, after the verdict, you sell it, you consecrate it, it's meaningless. Uh, I'm sorry, other way around. Then it's, it's valid. What you did is considered to be a consecration. What you did is considered to be a sale. And, uh, the, 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 and, and the creditor can take it away whether or not his loan uh, preceded the damage or it came after the damage. That's the brysa. Now let's go back and explain this brysa. Amar Mar. Machre Machre. Now, let's understand. We said in the sheet of Rabbi Akiva, if you try sell the ox, it's clearly not going to be a sale. Why? Because the guy has got the one that you damaged actually has, has a piece of... Forget about a potaki. Rabbi Akiva holds he, it's he, equity. He, he's, he's a partner. He becomes a partner in the animal. You can't sell his item. Not a problem. You can't be mocked. So obviously it's going in the sheet of Rabbi Shmuel. But the problem is that we said yesterday that even according to Rabbi Shmuel, this is not just a regular loan. This is not considered, I mean, a regular lien. That when you, your ox damages somebody and it's a tom, we actually give it a din like an apotek. It's like a super lien and to, the, to the ability that the nizza can come and take it away. So therefore, what do you mean that what he sold is a good sale? The way we explained it yesterday means it's a good sale if the guy only bought it to use it for plowing. We allow him to use it for plowing until the judgment. Because the bottom line is, it's, as long as it's not devaluating the value of the item itself, so therefore the seller can make a few bucks and the buyer can use it and the, and, and the nizak cannot take and it away wait. because he waits. He waits until the judgment and he'll take it away. But at least it's a, but, he, but let's say the guy sold it, the guy's gonna make glue out of it. No, no, no. That you can't do because the bottom line, that would be taken away from my, the value of it and that you can't do. But that's what we said yesterday. So it's a sale of Ridya. Ridya is for, for plowing. Now also, Hegdesha Mukdash, what do you mean it's consecrated? We said yesterday, because it is an apotiki, it's got the super lean on it. Now we're talking about here, Rashi and Tosas speak out, that we're talking about that it's a blemished animal. A blemished animal, you can only consecrate it to the base of Mikdash for financial purposes. 
right? If it would be a non-blemished animal, it's a whole different ball because a non-blemished animal, hectish, even overrides a, overrides a lean. So we're not talking about, we're talking about a blemished animal. Consequent, so Lamai said it shouldn't be a good hegdish. So if it shouldn't be a good hegdish, okay, so why does it say it's a hegdish? The Gemara said yesterday, because it's just, it's really not a good hegdish, but we don't want to make it look Stop like that you're, your you're redeeming something from a hegdish without having to pay for it. So it means it's a good hegdish in that you have to give a nominal amount you have to give some minimal amount of money to reclaim it, but just because of the law of Rabavo that it shouldn't look like you consecrated something and now you take it away without having uh, redeemed it. Mishum Rabavo. All right, that we said. Now, Shachto, the next three, two cases where you either slaughtered it, Anosnama Matana, or you gifted it, Masha Asa Asui. What was done was done. So now again, let's understand this. We're talking about even in the sheet of Rabbi Shmuel. I mean, Rakiva, forget it. How can I gift it? I can't gift something that I don't have. The equity belongs to someone else. But in Rabbi Shmuel too, it's a problem because we said that there's a super lean on it. So how can you give something as a gift to somebody that really the nizak has a right to reclaim it as payment? So what it says like this, you'll say the same thing, that it's a gift for the purpose of plowing. I mean, the, the person you gave it as a gift, up till the judgment occurs, he's allowed to use it for what purpose? For plowing purposes. That's what it means, it's a gift, okay? That I understand. So, Bishloma, Nasnav, Matana, Masha, Osa, Osa, was done, was done, could be Laridia again for plowing. Elashachto, but what do you mean that if he shechted what was done, was done? Shechted what was done, was done. That's, that's not, that's not going to be the Allah. Let's say, Let's say I have an animal that is, uh, my animal is 200 zuz, my, the mazik's animal. And he went and gored your animal that was 200 zuz. And your animal is nothing left, completely uh, obliterated. So now what is the damage? The full damage is 200 zuz. So you would have to pay 100. So what we would have to do is you would have to sell the live animal, the mazik, and collect a hundred. So what did he do? He went ahead and he shechted it, okay? You now, you can the, sell the meat. The meat, if the meat's worth a hundred, then you, you take that. So what do you mean, what he did was, was done? It's not what he did was done. The nizza can come and take the meat and let him use the meat as payment for the damages. What do you mean what was done was done? Fred Digmar what do you mean? Let the nizza come and collect his damages from the meat. The Sanya, and we see that that's the halacha, because we learned in a b'risa, the Pasuk says like this, this is a Pasuk that is concerning a tongue. It says that the, 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 the lotion of the Pasuk is like this, let me just find the Pasuk. They will sell the living animal, the chotas kask, and they'll divide the money. Now, the Pasuk seems to em- emphasize that what, that the animal is alive, but the, 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 the Gemara Darshan's that why do you have to say the, 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 li- the live uh, shore? Just say, just say they will sell the live animal. Say the word live. They will sell the chai. Obviously we're talking about a shore here. So why do you have to say shore a chai? It allows us to break it in. You can either sell it as a shore, if it's dead, or you could sell it as a chai. Either way you could sell it and use that to pay off the half damages, which means the animal does not have to be alive for the nizak to come and collect his damages. So what do you mean if it was shechted, what was done was done? It's, it's, it's finished. What do you mean it's not finished? You collected it, you take the meat. So that's what the one is asking. So the chayra, that, 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 that's the one's kasha, yeah. So, Frank um, the what do you mean? Uh, let him go and get paid from the meat. 
The signs we learned in the Bryce are high. That the animal that you sell, the mazik, it's, it, the positive says that it's high. Ain't the high, do I only would know that it has to, you can only sell it to pay off the damages if it's alive. Shachta, if it had been slaughtered, if it's no longer alive in nine. Talmud Lomar, umachros ashar, the word shor there is redundant. So you can read it, machros ashar, without the word chai. The kamakom, even if it's been slaughtered, you can sell it to pay off the damages. So the is going to say now a big novel. Listen carefully what the is going to say. The is going to say, you're right. Let's say the animal, the live animal was worth 200 zuz. The dead animal is worth zero now. Zero residual value, and it originally had been 200, which means at 200 zuz damage, chatzinez would be 100. You would sell the live animal, split the proceeds, and that's how you would pay off the 100. Okay, I got it. Now, but what happens if the mazik, before they could go to court, went and shechted it? Now, there's no question. If the meat is worth 100, what do you do? Sell me. He'll take, take the whole 100. He takes the, he takes the meat. For 100, he, he takes the whole thing because it pays off the whole. But what happens if the act of shechita made it that this animal now is only worth 80? It was a 200 zoos live animal. And you went and you shechted it, and now the carcass... No, there's a $20 difference. There's a 20 difference. Now, the problem is, though, the nezek that was created for the nizak, he deserves to get paid how much? A hundred. A hundred. But if you just tell him, we'll take the meat, he's only going to get... So what would you say should happen in this case? So there's a $20 difference. They take the 80, and the guy still owes the 20. But you would say... There's nothing left. Ah, to, meaning to, like this. Technically, you say, let, him, let him pay the 20 out of pocket. We don't require him to pay the 20 out of pocket. What because was done, what was hand done hand. is done. He collects whatever there is, whatever is there, he collects, and he doesn't get the 20. That's, that's the Chiddush. Therefore, the, the pras, the devaluation that occurred because of the shechiza, the nizik loses out. Correct. So what it says like this. All right, it doesn't make the mazik one of the lamed vav tzadikim. All right, he did something he shouldn't do, have done. But lemaisa, you cannot hold him responsible for it because what he did is really viewed as an indirect act. It means it is he shechted he shechted the animal, but taking away from the lien that the person had on the animal is viewed as an indirect act. You, you understand what I'm saying there? All right. So what it says like this. It's a grum. So what it says. Ah, so so. Uh, um, t- so therefore, always a place. So Amrav Shizbi means the, the devaluation that occurs through the shechita that takes it below the line of what the nizak had a right to collect. That's going to be on the side of the nizak, and the mazik doesn't have to pay out of pocket for it. So comes along Amrav Huna of Yeshua Zos Omeris. Based on this teaching, I have a, I, I think I have a big chiddush. What's the chiddush? Is like this. Let's say. We'll make it a, a, a simple case. Let's say it's like this. Let's say I owe Ira, I owe Ira $10,000, okay? Now, I have a piece of property. That's all I own. I have a property that's worth $10,000. When the loan is due, not a problem, what's gonna happen? Ira comes, I don't pay him out of pocket I don't have. He collects the piece of property. Comes along Adam, and Adam makes holes in my land. Adam makes holes in my land. And now the holes that he made devaluated and the property is only worth $8,000, all right? So now Ira comes to me and says, hey, I want- I'm owed 10. I'm owed 10. 
hands on it. My land is only worth eight. Well, why is it only worth eight? Because Adam made holes in it. So Ida says, well, I want to go to Adam, and Adam should make up the $2,000. No, because if you damage someone's lien, at the end of the day, it's still viewed as an indirect act. It's a dinner de gar, it's a grummo, it's a, there's another thing called dinner de garmi, I'm not going to get into it. But either way, it's considered to be an indirect act, and an indirect act you cannot collect from. So what, 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 uh, what Rav Huna, Bered of Yeshua, wants to say that the teaching that we learned that when the mazik shechts his animal and now devaluates it and it's not worth the full amount of the damage, the fact that he doesn't have to pay out of pocket shows you when you damage someone's lien, it's considered to be an indirect act and you don't get paid. Everyone, uh, you're, 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 so that's what he's saying. Zosomeris. So from based on what you're saying, you see that a mazik you damage someone's lien, potter, you don't have to pay for it. It's a pshita. When it says like this, you know, it's, it's, it's one thing to say, well, you said something and I'm deriving something from what you said. But you're just saying the same thing I If you say the same thing I said, you just change the case, then there's no novelty. Why do you, That's obvious. I mean, bottom line, we see the fact that you shechted and now it's worth 80 instead of 100. You know, so obviously it means you damage someone's lien, you can't make him pay. So what's the chanah? You made a chiddush, so therefore somebody damages the land that was used for why the land. Why do I need the land and why do I need the animal? I mean, I mean, I mean there's no need for that. that it's no comparison. You're not being mechadish. So what's going to say like this? Let me explain it outside. We'll see inside. There is a shtickle chiddush here. Because like this, ultimately, you could argue it's true. M- many people, what do they use animals for? Work. For work. But there are many people that use animals for shechita. So when the guy went and shechted an animal, he shechted it, at the end of the day, he didn't damage the lean. He used what the lean animals were, what is appropriate to be used. Whereas if the guy comes and digs holes in the, in the land, Digging holes in the land is considered, that's a, that's, a, that's a direct damage to the land. So you might argue that it's not exactly the same thing. You could say, I understand that you cannot make the shaykhit responsible because he could turn around. You might have shechted it anyway yourself. So how do you hold me liable for something you might have done yourself? But the, when a guy goes and digs holes in a land, then, then, then maybe they're then, I can go after that I could go guy. after that guy because he's doing something that's a lot more Kamash damaging. Kamash Malan, no. That's, the, that's already a chiddush over here. So one says like this, Maudah you might have said, that that in the case of the shechita, that the the sheikha can say to the nizak, I didn't I didn't cause you any real loss, right? Because the because all I took from your animal was its air. I mean, I I took the air out, I shechted it, which is not a it's not a damaging act per se. That's what people sometimes do with animals. But in a normal case, in a case where somebody damaged the lien, where the intent was to cause damage to the lien, maybe Lechayim, Kamash Malan, that's already what Rahuna Bered Rishu is telling me, Zosomeris, means that it's not so posh, you could argue with that, but that's the Chiddush. Now, Rashi says you have a very important rule over here. Usually, if an Amora says something, the way to refute an Amora, what do we have to do? You need a Tanai statement. Says Rashi that there were certain G'dayle Hador, there were certain people that live in certain generations that when they said something, then you could say that I don't need you to be saying it, or I, I can either refute for you from what they said, or no more than I, I don't need you to say it if it was already said by it's like it's almost like it was in a Mishnah and Brisa. And you know, and, and, and Rabba is one of those people. 
When Rabba says something, Rashi says Rabba or Rav, therefore, that's EF1. Everybody listens. You don't need to repeat something. So therefore, what do you mean, Mechadish? That where there's a damage, it's how you damage someone's lien, you can't hold him responsible. I don't need that. You know why I don't need that? Because Rabba said an interesting thing. Rabba said, let's say over here, let's say Johnny ha- ha- happens to have IOUs, okay? Johnny has IOUs, all right? He lent a lot of money to a lot of different people. He's got a stack of IOUs. And somebody breaks into his house and burns the IOUs, okay? Says Rabba, Johnny will not be allowed, will not be able to sue the guy. Why can't you sue the guy? The Chorah, because all you did was damage his lien. You damage the lien, it's an indirect act. But what do you see? Even where it's a damaging act, you cannot sue the person. So therefore, again, we're back to the way. So why digging the holes in the ground? That should be, that's, that, that's, that's that, the, the novelty. I'm adding a bit of a novelty. It's no novelty. Rabba told us when you do a damaging act. So when it says like this, Hanami, Rabba Amru said by Rabba, the Amr Rabba, Hasorev, Shtaros of Shalchavero. Somebody went and burnt the Shtaros of his friend. Right? So therefore like this, Potter is Potter, so therefore Rabba already told me. And when it says, no, there's still a difference. I'll tell you why. Because like this, when you ja- damage someone's IOUs, you did not directly impact the loan. The loan still exists. What did you do? The, the, the lien, the lien you, da- you, you affected the lien that now you've taken out of his hands. Unless the guy is an honest guy, the guy can back away, right? That's true. But digging a hole in the ground, that's still worse. Why is that worse? Because there it's not just taking away his ability to collect the lien. You're actually damaging the lien itself. You're making holes in the ground. So that's still a bigger novelty than Rabba said by Bernie. You hear the difference, right? Clear? Yeah. So it says like this. You might have said, Then in the case of Rabba, the, 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 the perpetrator can say, what, I just burnt paper. What did I do? I didn't take away from the loan. The loan still exists. I just burnt the paper. When you went and you dug wells and you dug, you dug pits and you dug trenches and you dug caves, Right? Where you actually damage the property itself, therefore maybe Lachaya, that's that that's a direct damage to the lien. Kamash Mulan, that Rahun Rabishu is saying it's no, that's not. Because that's similar to the case of Shita, where you actually are causing a loss in the actual item itself. The case of the Shechita is not comparable to the case of burning the, 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 star, the, the, the documents. That's more compared to the case, the shechting of the animal. You're making the animal now worth 80 instead of 200. That's similar to the case of digging the wells, the pits, the trenches, etc. And yet we still see that when you shafted, what was done was done, and you don't have to pay out of pocket for the fact that it's not 100 anymore, it's only 80. So therefore, uh, so therefore, okay, now let's go to the next part of the Brysa. The next part of the Brysa said that if there's been a Ruben's, Ruben's ox uh, damaged Shimon, okay, Ruben's ox damaged Shimon, and Ruben also happens to have a creditor. And the creditor come and, comes and seizes the ox. So we said over there is that, no, no, you cannot take that ox. If it's a tom, you have to hand that ox over. That's the right of the nizak. You don't have a right. And we said it doesn't really matter when the damage happened. It doesn't matter. Obviously, if the damage happened first, so then you would say his lien came first. But even if the damage came after the loan, 
which makes that the, the nizak is a second, not a first, we still make the uh, creditor turn over the ox, right? That's what we learned in the Brahsa. Okay? Shemar says like this. Whether the loan took place before the damage, whether the damage took place before the loan, what he seized is inconsequential, and we make him give it back because the Nizak has to collect from the, the, the ox, and that gives him a strength that supersedes the, the, the loan. Now, Moana says like this, one second, let's, let's, let's talk this through clearly. I understand if the damage took place before the loan, all right, the damage, the nizak should come first because his liability was before the liability created by the loan. I understand that. But let's say that the loan took place before the damage, so then, why shouldn't the Baal Chov allow to keep the animal? His loan, his lien on the property is there prior to the damaging occur, damage occurring, right? So, uh, so therefore, the, uh, so, so therefore, if the Baal Chov comes first, why should he have to give up the ox? Right? Now, and even the other case, which, right, we took as a double portion, let's say the damage, uh, let's say in the case where the, the, the damage took, where the damager, the, 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 the nizak is the first, right? The, the ox damaged before the owner uh, 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 borrowed the money. Still, well, the case over here is that who seized it? Who was able to get his hands on it first? The Balchov called him. Now, we the have an actual... The, 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 the lender, the creditor. Now, the Gemara says like this. The Gemara says in Ksuvis, the Gemara has that question. Let's say you have a first and a second. So if you go to court, obviously who are court going to award first? They awarded first. first to the first and the second. But the Gemara says, Shiloh, what if the second seized it without going to court? Do we take it away from the second and give it to the first or not? Do we allow him to like, do an extra, extra judicial, what's that? I don't think we take it away. I think the guy that so the one has a machlokas in that. The one has a machlokas amorayim. But the point that one is making, that if you tell me over here, is that we take, even though the Balchov seized it, you take it away and you give it to the Nizak, then why didn't the Gemara use this as a proof Against, against the person who says that once you seized it, we don't take it away from you, right? So when it says like this, so Shmami, no, so why did we derive from this? That if you have a second, a later debt, Shekada, a later creditor, went and he grabbed it and he seized it, Shekada, Masha, Gava, Masha, Gava, Masha, Gava, proof that what he seized is not considered to be collected and you take it away from him, why isn't it used as a proof? So one says, look, no, this will answer both questions. And the regular cases, when you have people that are regular creditors, regular creditors, even though a first has a right over a second, that's when you go to court. And if the second seizes it, you might let him hold on to it. But however, to Amale, because Vishani uh, Hassan, but over there, it's really over here. In the case of the Goring, in the case of the Nizik, it's different. Why? What's the difference? Because normally you have two creditors 
Each one can say to the, 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 the one who grabbed it can say to the one who has it, listen, you don't have to take the ox. I happen to get my hands on the ox. You don't have to take the ox. You can go and take his car. You can go ahead and take, that's when you're talking about regular credit. So if a regular creditor is a second can trump a first if he comes before him and seizes it. But that you can't say over here because the Nizok, since it's a Tom, he's, he's limited. Animal. What is he limited? He can only take the animal. Now, as we said, if Shmuel had made the Mazik, if he wants to, can pay. But in terms of what the Nizok has a right, he only has a right to take the animal. And that gives him a, a greater priority. A priority, even if he's a second. He can, uh, even if he is, I'm sorry, even if he's the, fo- even if he's the second and, the, and, and, and the, the creditor grabbed it, we'll still take it away from the creditor and give it to the Nizak because he doesn't have a choice, right? That's what it's going to say. So the one who says, like, under regular cases where creditors are going against one another, what was seized might be seized. But Shani Hassam, it's different over there. It's really our case over here. The Amar now, the, 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 the Gemara is going to say, this is the way Tosis lands it. The Gemara's going to give two reasons. Tosis says the first reason is a little bit questionable, but we're relying on the second reason. What the first reason is like this. Let's see if you guys pick up on Tosis' question. The Gemara's going to say like this. Let's say the creditor, let, what, 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 what the Nizak can say to the creditor is like this. Let's say the ox was your ox. All right, and your ox is what damaged me. I could even take it out of your house. I could go and take away your ox from yours if it was yours to begin with. So if it wasn't yours to begin with and you only want to take it because of a debt, for sure I can come and take it away. All right, that's the first point. The second point, that's the first one. So he says like this, the even if it was yours, it was yours to begin with, your animal gored, I could come and take it away from you because you gored me. So therefore, what I would not have been able to collect it from you. So now that it wasn't yours to begin with, so of course I can take it with you. The high Torah, the Asker, my name is Talamna. Now, Tosh this is our second point. And the second point is, and, and furthermore, this is all I have a right to collect from. I can't collect from anything else. This is the only thing I have a right to collect from. Therefore, that trumps any other outstanding debt. Now, what Tosh says is that, the, that he, he looks at it as two different reasons. The first reason is not such a strong reason. The reason I can go into your house and take it is because you're the mazik. If you're the mazik, I can take it. Here, you're not the mazik because when you're not the mazik, what that's, how does that give me a right to go ahead and grab it away from you? So right. Tess doesn't like it such a good... But anyway, the second point is, is the point that this is all I have to take from that gives me, a, that trumps up. Now, let's go on. Now, the Gemara brings down another bricea. Okay, hold cup here. Tan Rabban, we learned in a bricea. Shor Shavim Asayim, Shenagach, Shor Shavim Asayim. All right, an ox of 200, gore is an ox of 200. Right, the chaval bo v'chamishim zuz, and the damage that was inflicted to the nizak was fifty zuz. All right, now, all right, now. So what? Basically, how much was the actual? Uh, so therefore, the, sure the, the residual damage was a hundred, uh, is one hundred fifty. Right. Okay. Now, the sh- now what happens is like this. Listen to the interesting case. We'll see what the reason for the appreciation is. It's going to make a difference. But what happened was now, therefore, I technically owe you 25 zuz. The mazik owes the nizak 25 zuz. Right? We understand that. Right, because it's a top. It's 50%. 50%, 50%, right. Damage is 50%. Now, what happened was 
that this 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 uh, damaged animal that was now worth 150, there was an appreciation; it became worth 400. This animal now went up to being 400. Now you could, if I'm the mazik, the mazik can say, "Listen, bottom line is." My job is to get you to as close as 200 as possible because that's what it was originally. But now your damaged animal is actually worth 400. I should be off the hook. Right? Why is that not a taina? Because the Nizza can say to him, one second, you want to go with that line of argument? He says that my animal, had it not been worth 150 and being damaged, Right, the appreciation that took it up to 400, had it been 200, the appreciation of a non-damaged animal would have made it go up to 800. So if anything, do you want to look at it about what it could have, what, 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 what depreciate, then you, then you owe me 200. Because let's look, because now instead of being 400, 800, now it's 400. Therefore, the only way we can look at this you know, without conjecture is what happened at the time of the damage. The time of the damage was worth 200, you made it worth 150, you owe me the 25. Okay? So what is it like this? So therefore, so what is it like this? Let's see. So the Mora says, Tan Rabbonim, Shorsh of a Messiah, Zunaga Shorsh of a Messiah, Vechabal boy, and he, and, and, and it gored, Vechamishim Zuz, and caused a damage of 50. Vechabach, and then there was an appreciation, Vamadal Arbamel also went up to be 400. Shelmale, Lizika, this is the argument that Nizak makes, that if it wasn't, it had not been damaged, Haya Omenas Wanamezuz, it would have gone up to be, instead of 400, it would have gone up to be 800. So you don't want to play the game, oh, it's 400, no, because then I would tell you, then it, should, it would have gone to 8, then pay me 200. No, it's not Nezek. And therefore, the fair thing to do is that the Mazik has to pay based on the time of the damage. Based on the time of damage, you made it worth 200, you made it worth 150, you caused a $50 damage, 50 Zuz damage, you'd have to pay Chatsi Nezek, you have to pay 25. All right? Now, that's when it went up, okay? What about kachash? Let's say it went down, again, it depreciated. So now, it was originally, the damage was, took it down to 150. It was 200, took it down to 150, all right? Now let's say, by the time they get to Basin, and the, it, it's time to calculate in based in, it's already gone down, let's say, to a hundred. It went down to a hundred. So now... Maybe it'd be a less than you'd have to pay then. So now, not less. You'll have to pay more. Because oh, now... Now you've got to pay 50. Right. But the money's going to say, and it went down as a direct result of the goring, like the wound got infected, meaning it went down because of the goring, and now it's worth only a hundred. So therefore... Uh, the same thing. So therefore, now we do go by what it is in based in, which means now it's gone up from being paying 25, you're going to actually have to pay 50. All right? Now, all this was talking about, this is happening in that the, whose animal went down or whose animal went up? The Nizak's, the Nizak's animal. animal appreciated or depreciated. So we're gonna have to see why that is. But when it when it appreciates, you calculate you by the time of the damage. damage. When it depreciates, the then you go. The Nizak doesn't get the benefit, but he's not gonna get a worse situation. 
Well, it does. Uh, the, no, the nizak. The, 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 the mazik means the nizak. No, the, the, we're focusing on the mazik standpoint. In the case of the mazik, the mazik doesn't get the benefit. But he does. But he does get. But he does get zapped when it goes down. He doesn't gain when it goes up. But he does gain when it goes down. That's what we're saying. We have to see why that is. From nizak's perspective, the nizak is never going to be in a. Oh no, because he is in a worse place because it could have gotten even more. Well, okay, maybe you can look at that one now. What happens if, let's say, the animal that we're dealing with over here that either appreciate or depreciate is not the Nizak's animal, it's the Mazik's animal. Now we'll see, that does make a difference. Why does it make a difference? Because remember, the cap on how much damages you pay is the value, by, uh, the value of the Mazik. So what if there's been an appreciation to the Mazik? Shavach Mazik, all right? So now if the appreciation was on the Mazik's animal, it doesn't matter. We don't take that into account because we focus on what was the animal worth at the time of the damage. Now, what the Gemara is going to discuss is that Lechorah, that does not seem to be going like Rabbi Akiva. Because if you remember, Rabbi Akiva says that when your animal damages, I get an equity. In that. In that animal. So if there's been an appreciation, the then the Nizak should get the benefit of the appreciation of the animal. So this seems to be going more like the sheet of Rabbi Yishmael. But let's say the other way around. Let's say there's been a depreciation. Kachash, all right, what happened was that the Mazik's animal depreciated, went down. The price of meat went down, right? There's a, now what happens is, if you look at the cap, the cap is much less than it was because at the time of Beistin, the animal that did the damaging is no longer the same value as the time when the damage occurred, all right? So here too, we say that the ox that uh, depreciated is, goes by the time of the Hamada Bedin. Now this is going to be difficult to understand. Because if the first half goes by Garbi Shmo, where you don't get an equity in the animal itself, which is why when it appreciates, it doesn't appreciate for the, the, the Nizak. So then the Chora, when it depreciates, so it also should not be considered depreciating for the Nizak. That should be the Mazik's problem. It should go by the time of the damage. Yet we say that if it depreciates, Kachash, then it does affect the Nizak. It should only affect the Nizak. It should only affect the Nizak if they consider the Nizak having equity in it. If it doesn't have equity in it, why should it go down? So these two rulings seem to contradict each other in terms of how you're viewing if, the equity. If the Nizak has equity in it, then appreciation and appreciation should be the same. And if he doesn't have equity in it, also appreciation and appreciation should be the same. So that's the point that one is going to be making. All right. That, let's see. Amar Mar. The master said as follows. Shavach mazik nosen kishasa nezek. Okay, so this is going on the second half of the brother Bryce. The first of the Bryce had dealt with appreciate depreciation of the nizak. The second half of the Bryce was dealing with appreciate depreciation of the mazik. We're looking at that case now. So the opening statement we just deal with the mazik is if there's been appreciation, the mazik's animal went up, which means the cap has gone higher. Nosen kishasa nezek. It doesn't matter. We don't look at it as based on when the when it comes to based in if it's appreciated we look at the time of the damage what was it your animal your animal was a 200 dollars animal when it damaged that becomes how we calculate the damage we don't go and 
And the fact that it went up to 400 doesn't make a difference. Says money, who's the author of that? Must be Rabbi Yishmol. It has to be Rabbi Yishmol. Because if, according to Rabbi Akiva, you got a one-eighth, you owned one-eighth, you owned 25, 25 zoos out of the 200 animal, you, it was now your equity in the animal. If that animal went up to 400, now you should have a 50 do, uh, equity stake in that animal, 50 zoos stake. The fact we're saying, no, we don't care, it doesn't matter if it went up, so that's going like Rabbi Shmuel, it's not going like Rabbi Akiva. All right? Tamar Balchov, who, Bezuzi, who Damasik. It's like a creditor that you have a lien on it, but it doesn't give you equity in it. You don't have equity in it, so therefore the fact it went up makes no difference. Okay, fine. The name is safer. Let's say the second ruling. We said, the second ruling was not where there was appreciation, is where there was depreciation. Now, the Chorah, if it's going like Rabbi Shmuel, what should you say? It doesn't matter. Depreciation, that's on the Mazik, not on the Nizak, because the Nizak has no equity in it. Yet, what do we say over the Emma Sefer? Kachash, if it depreciated, okay, so then, Kishas Amor Abedim, then we calculate the cap based on what it is at the time of the verdict. Now, that makes no, that's not fair, because if you're telling me that the Nizak does not have equity in it, so then why should he be hurt by the fact that the animal now, animal now depreciated. That's awesome, Rabbi Akiva. Now, if you hold like Rabbi Akiva, I understand. You had a one-eighth equity in it. If that one-eighth equity now, the whole thing goes down, I understand your one-eighth goes down. I understand that. But that's got that And then that's a problem with the, with the first part, because then there's a That's right. It's awesome, Rabbi Akiva. The Amar, Shut, Vanina, they're considered partners, and you have equity. Right. So Reisha comes out being like Rabbi Shmuel, and the Sefer comes out being like that's Rabbi not Akiva. Good. Not good. So Moira says, look, Cooler Rabbi Akiva. I can make the whole thing go like Rabbi Akiva. Now, the problem is like this. The first half, how are you going to make it go like Rabbi Akiva? Because our question was, if there was appreciation, that according to Akiva, it should help the Nizza. So when it says like this, the appreciation wasn't that the price of meat went up. You're right. If the appreciation was an external appreciation, the price of meat went up, then even according to, then according to Rabbi Akiva, that should benefit not just the Mazik, the Nizza should also get a 25, his, his one-eighth, should also have appreciated. The reason why it appreciated is because the owner of the animal, the mazik, spent extra money to feed the animal, to fatten up the animal. Now, if he's paying out of pocket to fatten up the animal, the nizak, who says, well, I have a 25% holding in it, he can't claim, therefore I have a right to the appreciation. Why can't you claim that his right to the mazik? It was his out of pocket. It wasn't. In, it wasn't the market change. Market change, different story. But that's the same. So when it says kashafitmo, it's talking about that he fattened it himself out of his own pocket. So when it says one second, but now let's go back because again, what we have over here is you tell me the first case when it went up, it's talking about from in, in, from the mazik doing actual something. That, that that he went ahead and did something to it, and therefore the nizak. Can the she one can't benefit from right? So let's go now to the first half of the Bryce. The first half of the Bryce was talking about we're not focusing on the Mazik's animal, we're talking about on the Nizak's animal. And we say when it's the Nizak's animal, so now the Nizak's animal, right? There's no question the, the Nizak's animal, the uh, the the now if you're talking about that. Who now? How what, we, what was the way the appreciation occurred in the second half of the brisa? by fattening it up. So the chora in the first half of the brisa must also be if the nizak's animal appreciated, 
So he said that the mazi can't say, oh, your money went up. But if it's talking about he fattened himself, of course you can't say, I shouldn't have to pay you because it went up. If he fattened it himself, then obviously what, what's the havamina? Why would you think that the mazik has a right to say that? We said he can't say it. But you don't even have to mention it. If it's only it went up, if it went up through market price, I can understand that maybe the mazik can come back and say, well, look, your animal's worth more than it was when I damaged it. But if the reason it went up is we're talking about cases where he fattened it, how could the mazik come back to the nizak and say, you fattened it, I should not have to pay you. That, that doesn't make sense then. So when it says like this, Ika Shepitmo, so Ema Rachel, let's take the first half of the bride. What the first half of the bride is saying? Shavach v'amad al arba meos zuz. That it went up to 400 zuz. Right? That's the case. The Nizaks went up from 200 to 400. We calculated based on the 200 Zuz at the time of the Nizak. We don't look at the appreciation. But now, Mona says, of course not. If it's talking about that the Nizak is the one fattened it, then what's the purpose of even teaching me that? It's so obviously it would be inane to think that the uh, Mazak can claim he should now not have to pay now because the Nizak fattened himself. So Amra Papa, the way you have to learn the bride says like this. That the appreciation in the beginning of the of the bride by the Nizak's animal, The first half that was appreciation of the Nizak's animal occurs no matter how it was appreciated. It could be appreciated through the fattening, which obviously the Mazak doesn't have a claim there. But it's talking about even if the way it got appreciated was through market price, the market went up. The point is the Mazak either way cannot come along and, uh, and, and claim benefit for such a case. You go by because he doesn't have equity in the Nizak's animal. The other way around, maybe, or Rekiva holds, but not that way. So he doesn't have a right to it. Right. But Itzrak Lashminan, and the novelty is, You're right. Where you leave, Nizak fattened it. It's not a novelty. But the novelty is where it went up on its own. The price of meat went up. So no says it doesn't matter. You pay based on the amount of damage, the time of damage, because we say it would have gone up to 800 instead of 400. Fine. Safe point, the second half of the Brysa, where we're dealing with the Mazik's animal, you're right. There, the appreciation it's dealing with is specifically, it can't be market appreciation, because according to Rabbi Akiva, which we're saying it's going like Rabbi Akiva, market appreciation, the Nizak would have a right to claim from the Mazik's animal because he owns equity. There, it's so much specifically, Mishkar's law, Kishapitma, where he actually fattened it up. Since he fattened it, the Nizak has no claim over that because it didn't come through a market price exchange, it came through him feeding it himself. Now, the second ruling of the first half, we're talking about the Nizak's animal. Kochash, we said that the Nizak's animal went down. Bashas Amorabedin. So originally it was worth 200. The, the damage was 50. Or, or the damage was 50. So therefore it was 150. And he, there should be a payment of, what was the case over there? I don't remember. It was a 200. It went down to 200 minus 50. And uh, yeah, it went down, it was $150 worth of, it went down, uh, it went down. From it, 100 to 80 or something. No, it was 150, I believe it was, the case was. Right, so therefore, it, it went down, what am I, it doesn't matter. It went down, and it was, it went down, it was 200, and, it, and, and, and it, when they got to, ba- to based it, it now is only worth 100. So there was a devaluation in the in, in the meat. So right. Now when it says why did it devaluate? What caused it to devaluate? Now let's say it devaluated because the Nizak worked it too hard. Right? The Nizak shouldn't have should have let it recuperate and he went and he worked it and now instead of being worth two hundred, it went worth one fifty, now it went down to being worth a hundred. 
So the Gemara says like this. So Elaim the Kachas Machmas Melocho. So Leim Ale At Mishkachas Vana Yahivna. So the Gemara says then. Then how can you hold me responsible for the Shasa Marabadim? Because we said that's based on what it is by in court. The fact that it's only worth hundred now, not hundred fifty, is because you worked it. So you should be responsible for the devaluation. Should not be on me. Should not be added to my damages. So the Gemara says like this. So, and, 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 and we're going to see later on, if it's because, the, uh, uh, we'll see, like a carcass, that no, the normal devaluation of the carcass, the chorah, that can't be the case, it's not going to be the case over here. The reason why the mazik is responsible is because the devaluation that occurred is as a direct result of the wound. It's as if the horn of the animal is still, let's throw the Lashon of the Gemara, the horn of the animal is still embedded. Meaning the reason it got infected, it's all because of your wound. Now we understand. Well, if it's all because of the original wound, therefore what? So therefore the appreciation, he could still be held responsible for at the time of the murder of Din. So the Gemara says as follows. So the Gemara says, uh, that what caused it to devaluate is the wound. The wound is what caused it to devaluate. The Amar lay kana the Torah kavira be that the that the the, the the your horn is buried in my ox. And if we understand that why it goes by a because the damage is continued as if it goes on and continues. Okay, okay let's go on. Next Mishnah. Shor shavim asayim. If you have an ox that was worth two hundred, shenagach shor shavim asayim that damaged another ox that's worth two hundred. Ve'engin on the veila yofet klum, and there's no residual value. It means there's a full two hundred dollar. Uh, damage, complete write-off on the Nevela. So, Amar of Meir, that says, Rav Meir, that's the case in the Torah. The Torah says, Alzeh Nemar, Umochres Ashorachai, Vechotzos Kaspo. You sell the live animal, you divide its money, so it's worth 200, you split it 100 and 100, so it's 100 Nezekhaf of the Tom. That's the case, that is the case that the Torah is referring to. There might be other cases, let's say the animal is worth 400, and that's Torah, then it wouldn't be Vechotzos Kaspo, because it's, you don't get half of the, but the case the Torah is talking about is where 200 damage, 200, no residual value, and therefore you sell the live animal, you get 100 back, each one takes a $100 loss, basically. Everyone's taking a $100 loss. Why? Because he's taking $100, his animal's worth 200, now he only got 100, and his animal's worth 200, now he only got 100. That's the Chatzos Kaspo, that's the case in the Torah. Amalei Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda says, V'chein halacha. I don't disagree with you. In the case that you gave me, that would be the halacha. But that can't be the case of the Torah. He says, because Kayanto Machrus HaSharachai. In the Pasuk, the first part of the Pasuk is Machrus HaSharachai. That works. But you don't, for the second half of the Pasuk, it says, V'chotzes Kaspo. You sell the live animal, you divide its money. But but what about the second half of the pasuk? It says How are you explaining the second half? According to the example you gave, there's no Why was there no Because you said it's worth zero, so that can't be the case of the Torah. It's the halacha, but it's not the case in the Torah. So therefore, the So what is the case of the Torah that you can come out with the right numbers that when you when you when you sell the live one and you sell the dead one together that's going to be coming out to be the amount that each one has to receive so he says that that's the case the case was an ox that was worth 200 and then also it damaged an ox that was worth 
200. But what happened over here, there is a residual value. The dead, the, the, the dead animal is worth 50. So now, let's, uh, let's make the calculations. If the dead animal is worth 50, so it comes out that the total damage was 150, and the payment would have to be 75, which means that each person would have to lose... 125. Each person will have to lose uh, ultimately 75. How's that going to end up happening? So it says like this. So, not al chai mes. So let's take a look. Take the live animal that's worth 200 and you sell it. And you give each one 100. Take the dead animal and you sell it. So 50, and each one gets 25. So every each one works out with, in their pocket 125. What is the total loss to each one? 75. 75. So that comes out because that's it. Each one gets 75. Again, let's see the numbers. The, guy, the, the animal that was a... What, it's what's more it? than no, 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 no. It's not. So again, just think through the case. The animal, the live animal is worth 200. The dead animal is worth 50. Okay? Now, the dead animal, the Nizak has the dead animal right now. So he has 50. He has a loss of 150. But he's going to get paid 75 back. Which means his total loss is only going to be 75. Alright? Now, the person who is, who's, who owns the live animal, he has an animal that's worth 200. And since he has an animal that's worth 200, he has gonna have to pay out of that animal that's worth 200. He would have to pay on normally, he'd have to pay, the damage was 150, but he only has to pay 75. So he would be left with 125 in his pocket. So says, says Rabbi Yehuda, that's the case of the Torah. Cause you sell the live animals, each one gets a hundred from it. You sell the dead animal, each one gets twenty-five. So what does each one have in their pocket? A hundred and twenty-five. Each one takes a loss of seventy-five. That's the case of the Torah of it, that you sell a lie when you sell the dead one. The uh the Bumara brings a Brisa that reiterates the information that actually elaborates the information in the Machlokus between Rabbi Yehuda and Rav Meir. Rabbi Yehuda and Rav Meir are arguing as to what the case in the Torah refers to when it says that if one shore damages another shore in a case of Tom, so it says that the, the, the way the Pasuk is, 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 uh, is written, it says that that you sell the shore that is alive, when you divide its money, and you also, the carcass is also divided. So we're trying to figure out what exactly is the case in the Torah that you, uh, that that would happen. Because Lachora can't refer to every single case. Right? Just on a simple level. Let's assume that the uh, animal, the, 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 the Nizuk had an uh, animal that was worth $1,000. And uh, the damage was $500. The residual value of the carcass would be $500. And let's say the mazik was worth $100. Right? So now, la halocha, what happens is since the mazik is worth $100, the damages are going to be halachically capped at $100. Because tam, you pay chatzinezek until the full value of the mazik. But if you learn that the simple case of the Torah means you divide the mazik and you divide the nizuk, so then it would come out that two hundred and fifty dollars from the carcass would go to the 
mazik. That can't, that can't be the pshat. So obviously, the case in the Torah has to be referring to a specific circumstance that would make sense in terms of what the halacha should be. That's what we do. So, Tan Rabban, let's see uh, the bryce. It says, Shor Shavim Asayim. You have an ox that's worth 200. Shenagach Shor Shavim Asayim that gored another ox that's worth 200. Va'anavela Yopechamishim. And the nevela, the carcass, is worth 50. Chamishim zuz. So now, let's just analyze the case over here. So you have, what is the total amount of damage? 150. $150. So now, if you would say chatzin nezek, so then what would be the din? 75. See, each party would take a loss of 75. Right? Each party is, is getting 75 and, and, and losing 75. Right, because the the uh, the person's ox that damaged was worth two hundred. The mazik's ox was worth two hundred, and the nizak's ox was worth two hundred, and there's residual value of fifty. So let's just analyze in terms of the the the, the case over here. So if they take the ox of the mazik and they sell it. All right. Now he's selling it. Why? Because he has to pay back seventy-five of that money. Has to go to the nizak. So what would he remain with? He would remain one hundred twenty-five. What total amount of assets would the nizak end up with? Also, also one hundred twenty-five because his, his nevela is worth fifty. The same five. So therefore, the amount that each would remain with is one hundred twenty-five. The amount that each one would lose would be ending up seventy-five, because he originally had a have a two hundred. Here's had two hundred. Now they each with one hundred twenty-five worth of assets. But look how Rabbi Yehuda divides it. So Rabbi Yehuda says like this. He says, "Zenot al chatzia chay v'chatzia meis, v'zenot al chatzia chay v'chatzia meis." He says that the way you divide it is you take the living animal, which is 200, and you divide it up, so each one gets 100. And you take the dead animal, and you divide it up, which is worth 50, so each one gets 25. So at the end, each one ends up with 125. And he says, V'zeu shara amr b'Torah. And that's the case in the Torah. That's the case in the Torah. It says that you divide the living one, and you divide the dead one, to get the din of Chatzinezek. That is the classical case in the Torah. Divrei Rav Yehuda. Right? Just the interesting way he's coming, the interesting way he's doing it is as you're dividing the live one and you're dividing the dead one. L'chorah, you didn't have to say it that way. What you could have just said is, sell, sell the live one and give him 75. Right? But he didn't say it that way. He said, sell the live one and sell the dead one, and they both split the live one and the dead one. The numbers come out being the same at the end, but that's not the way he says to do it. He learns the Torah is telling you something else by telling you sell the live one and sell the dead one. The Torah is telling you something special in terms of how you look at the dead one. We'll see in a moment. Now, Rabbi Meir Omer, Rabbi Meir, like we saw in our Mishnah yesterday, says, that's not the case of the Torah. That's not the case in the Torah where you're selling the live one, you're selling that. That's not what's going on here. He says, The case in the Torah is, yes, one ox is worth 200 and it damaged another ox is worth 200. Except the case in the Torah is talking about there's no residual value. The nevela is worth zero. 
Right? And Al In this case over here, the total damage is two hundred. You sell the living animal, you split it a hundred and a hundred, and that's the case in the Torah. So I, the Kasha we had in the Mishnah that Rabbi Huda asked Rabbi Meir, and here Rabbi Meir asks himself, I that only took care of half of the Pasuk. The Pasuk says you divide the living animal, but what do you do with the part of the Pasuk that says the Gamas Ames Yechetsun, according to Rav Meir? According to Rav Meir, where is the Gamas Ames Yechetsun? There is no Mez Yechetsun in Rav Meir's case. Why? Because there was zero left. So what does he do with that Pasuk? He says, He says, that clause, is telling me an important point. It's telling me how to calculate the damage. The way you calculate the damage is you look at the mace. And based on the mace, you decide how much damage there is. If the mace is worth zero, that tells you how much is the damage. 200. So therefore, you, you divide the damage and you take it out of the chai. So gamas ha-meis yechetsun, it's not like Rabbi, Rabbi Yehuda said, that you're dividing the mace into two halves. No. You're dividing the damage that is caused by the mace and where you're taking that money out from, you're taking it out from the chai. So therefore, the pasuk that says, Gamas HaMais Yechetsu, doesn't mean you divide the nevela, it means you divide the damage that is caused because there's a nevela. That's how Rabbi Meir looks at the pasuk. And therefore, you could be talking about a case in the Torah where there's zero residual value. It was worth nothing. The Gamas HaMais Yechetsu, and the mace is dividing the damage, taking it out from the chai. So what is says like this, a in numbers, in terms of numbers, there's really no difference between Rav Meir and Rav Yehuda. Because let's go to Rav Yehuda's case. According to Rav Meir, the way in Rav Yehuda's case, you had a 200 damaging a 200, right? And it was a $50 left in the Nevela. According to Rav Meir, how would you look at it? You take a look at the, at the mace. The mace tells you how much damage is there. How much damage is there? Because the Nevela is worth 50. There's that damage of 150. So 150, so you, the Chatsi Nezik of 150 is 75. So you have to sell the Chai, and from the Chai you take 75 and transfer, transfer it over to the Nizak. What's the bottom line? The Nizak ends up with $125 worth of assets. Because he's got the $50 of the mace that he keeps, plus the 75 that's given to him from the Chai. So Lechorah, whether you look at it the way you un- interpret the Pasuk, the way Rabbi Meir interprets it, the way the Pasuk, it comes out the same, that at the end of the day, the division comes out the same way. So Gemara wants to know, so Lechorah, Mechdi, let's see, Bain Rabbi Meir. Each one's going to end up with $125 worth of assets with a loss of 75 So, what is going to be the difference between them? So, let me explain it outside and then we'll read inside. Says the Gemara, there is a huge difference. Because like this, according to Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says that at, when the damage occurs, when a damage occurs, the mazik gets equity in the nevela. Right? The fact that the Torah is telling you that the nevela needs to be divided, the $50 nevela needs to be divided, 25 and 25, l'chorah, that means that the, 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 the mazik has equity in the, in the nevela. According to Rabbi Yehud, according to Rabbi Meir, 
The fact is that the Nevela always stays with uh, Nizak means the Mazak, there's no equity in the Nevela. Why is that going to make a difference? He says, I'll tell you what will make a difference. Let's say different than yesterday. Yesterday we talked about a case where the Nevela keeps going down because of the damage. It's like the Keren of the... Is, is, is the everybody agrees in that case. That's a direct part of the damage. But let's say you have past Nevela, like we learned all the way back on Daf Yud, that the animal starts decaying. The animal starts losing value because not because of necessarily directly because of the damage but because of refrigeration or whatever it is now who has to take who absorbs that 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 damage the chora if you learn like Rav Meir that the nevela was worth 50 and then in three days time now the nevela is only worth 40 Lechora, that has no bearing for the mazik. The mazik, the nevel is yours. You didn't want to make a barbecue for your dogs out of it. Or you didn't want to give it to whatever. You didn't want to do, you know, give it to your neighbors and sell it to the, That's your problem. The fact that it went down from 50 to 40, that doesn't necessarily impact on me. But according to Rabbi Yehuda, he says that the nevel, uh, that the, the equity of half, at least chatsi, of the nevela belongs to the mazik, so it comes out like this. It means that if the nevela starts going down, it means that we have to look at the difference now of the damage as greater. And if you have to look at the difference as damage, so then a chatsi, he has a half in the nevela, he has a half in the nevela, so a chatsi of his half, he's going to now have to pay out He's going to have to pay out in terms of and more payments in terms of damages. That's going to be a big difference between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Meir. That's the Gemara points out. So let's see inside. So Gemara says like this: I'll tell you, Ikabenayu, as according to Rabbi Meir, Sava Pchas Nevela is completely belongs to the Nizak. The Nizak Havi for Rabbi Yehuda Sava no Pchas Nevela de Mazik Havi Palga half of that Pchas Nevela is on the Cheshbon of the Mazik. So he's going to have to pay a chatzi nezek on the chatzi, comes out a quarter. Of that, it's going to be added to his damages in terms of what's it. So that's a big difference. So it says the Gemara like this. So, Amalei Abaya, Imkein Matzinu. If that's the truth, that Rabbi Yehuda is arguing with Rav Meir about who absorbs the pras nevela, the decomposition, or who's taking the absorption of that, is that divided between the mazik and the nizak, it's only the nizak, so it comes out, Matzinu Rav Meir, or Matzinu Rav Yehuda, it comes out according to Yehuda, Tam is more chamer than Muad. That, that for Legabe Tashlumim, for the concerning payments, Tam is more, is more severe than Muad. Because we learned back on Daf Yud, we had Sukkim that showed us by a Muad, everybody agreed that Pras Nevela belongs to the, the Nizak. That we learned by a Muad, when a Muad damaged and killed Yafei Nezak Shalem, who is Metapel Benevela? The Nizak is Metapel Benevela. But you're telling me now that according to Yehuda, by a case of Tam, that the Mazik has equity in the Nevela, and therefore the damages accrue to him when there's a pras, it comes out the Tashlume Tam in certain aspects is even more Chamur than the Tashlume Muad, which is very hard to understand that that should be the case. So it says the more like this, L'chayra, so it comes out Tam is more Chamur than Muad, maybe that's not a big Chiddush in Rabbi Yehuda, because we see in Rabbi Yehuda there are times that a Tam is more Chamur than Muad. We're not going to get into all the details over here, but there is situations when Rabbi Yehuda holds, based on Sukkim, that the Shmira, 
that you have for a tom, the way you safeguard a tom, that you will be chayev in the case of tom, but that same level of shmirah you'll be potter by muad. Why that is, we'll wait till we get later on. But there is, based on Sukkim, Rabbi Yehuda learns that there are cases that the shmirah, the safeguarding of a tom, it comes out more chomer than the safeguarding of a muad. You'll be potter by muad, you'll be chayev by tom. So to say that there are situations where a tom is more chomer than muad, it's not a big chiddush in Rabbi Yehuda, because we see it in the case of shmirah that that's the din. So when it says, like, a zechitaim, and maybe you're going to say, hachinami, could it's not like we learned in the Mishnah, we're going to see later on in the Mem Hey. It says, Rabbi Yehuda, Omer, tom, there's certain in case of Shmira by a Tom that you're Chayev, and the same level of Shmira by a Muad, you'll be Potter. Moses, you can't bring that as a proof. Because Amar the Shamit Leila of Yehuda, when did you hear of Yehuda say such a thing that there are aspects of Tom that are more Chomer than a Muad? That's only the Indian Shmira. That's only the Gabe, the supervision of the animals. You can have aspects of Tom more Chomer than Muad. But uh, the Ksivik Kroy, you have Sukim that support it. But the Indian Tashlumin, but concerning payments, when it comes to how you pay, then there's no question that a tam can never be more chomer in terms of payments than a muad. Mi shamit le. Did you ever hear him say it? Fakert, we heard the opposite. Yehuda actually says the opposite. Muad has to be more chomer in payments than a tam. Where do we see it? Fatan, we learned in a brisa. Rabbi Yehuda Aymer. Rabbi Yehuda would say the following. He says like this, you might think, look at the Pasuk, the Pasuk says you divide the Chai and you divide the Mace. So Yochel, you might think, Shor Shavemono. Let's say you had a Shor that's worth a hundred Zuz. Shenagach Shor Shavechamesh Sloyim. A Sela is four Zuz. So how much is five Sloyim? Twenty Zuz. So you had, if you had a Shor that the Mazik was worth a hundred, the Nizak was worth twenty. And the nevela was left over, the residual was, uh, was, was one seller. So now, one seller is four zeus, so the total amount of damage was how much? Sixteen zeus, right? So the mazik was worth a hundred zeus, and the damage was sixteen zeus. So now, you might think, if you looked at the Pasuk, what does the Pasuk say you should do? Divide the living animal, which means it goes 50 and 50 on the live one, and divide the dead animal, which would be now 8 and 8. So L'chaira, you would say each one ends up getting 58 zuz. Is that what you would think would make sense? L'chaira, that can't make any sense, because then it comes out that... The, uh, profit, the nizak will profit. The, 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 the nizak actually, the, the, not the nizak, the mazik, the, 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 I mean, the, 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 like the nizak, the nizak will end up getting more money. Right. So therefore, zen not al chate chai, zen not al chate maze, uh, and zen not al chate chai, chate maze, the amart, uh, so he said, it can't be. Because it comes out over here, you'd be paying, that's not the problem. The problem is not only that the nizik will be profiting, but it comes out you're paying for a tom more than you would actually pay for a muad. In a case of muad, in such a case, how much would you have to pay? 16. You'd have to pay 16. And here you're going to be ending up paying... 58. Lechorah can't be. He says, Amart, you say to yourself, 
Why did the Torah create a parish of Muad in the Torah? If you have the parish of Tom, why do we create the parish of Muad? Is said Rabbi Yehuda, to make it more stringent than the case of Tom. And you're going to come out now that the case of Tom, you're going to be paying more money than you're paying then the Muad. Obviously, that cannot be the Pshat and the Pesach of Zachai Vesameis that you have to divide. Now, based on Rabbi, this, this statement that Rabbi Yehuda just made over here in the, in the Mishnah, clearly you see that Rabbi Yehuda holds it's not possible, it's not even a Havamina that a that a tam could be more chamur than a muad. So how could it be that by the, by a, a muad we say that the pchas nevele is on the cheshbon of the nizok, and you're going to say that in the case of tam that the mazik is responsible partially for the pchas nevele. So we can't say that. So if you can't say that, so then again we're back to our question: What's the difference between Rabbi Yehuda and Rav Meir in the way they understand the case of when you divide up the nevele? So therefore, so therefore, v'chimuad lama yotza is v'hachmer love. Was it to make it more chomer than it than a tam, or l'hachmer love to make it more lenient than a tam? Have the omer? Obviously, I would say it's v'hachmer love. Ma muad ain't a mashalim elamasha hizik, and therefore, if the muad in the case we just said wouldn't pay more than the actual damages, and the actual damage was only sixteen zuz, so tam a kal, so a tam which is less than a muad can't pay more than a muad, and the cheshbon we had, I think, was fifty-eight zuz or whatever. It can't be that you would be paying that. A Amount for the uh, for for the tongue. So look, Carl Shekane. So therefore, back to our questions. Our question is: What is Rav Yehuda and Rav Meir are arguing about? How to divide the pasuk? I mean, how to explain the pasuk? Rav Meir said it has to be talking about a case when it's, it's two hundred and, and 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 the whole damage was two hundred and as a chai as a gamas ames yechetsun does not mean you divide the nevela. Nevela is never divided. The nevela always remains by the nizak. So we say, what does Rabbi Yehuda hold? That it is divided. And if it is divided, that means you're saying is what? To say that means that therefore he's responsible when the nevela goes down. We just said you can't say that right now. Why can't you say that? Because then it comes out that Tom will be more chomer than Muad. You can't have a Tom being more chomer than Muad. So says the Gemara, it's the opposite. The case over here is, let's go to the opposite case. Let's say that the nevela went up. What happened over here is there was shvach, there was a shvach, there was a market rise in the cost of nevela, cost of meat, and therefore the nevela went up. So according to, according to Rav Meir, who gains from the fact that the nevela went up? The nizah gains because it's his nevela completely. According to Rabbi, Rabbi Yehuda, the, the nevela going up will help the mazik offset some of the expense because he owns a part ownership in the nevela. That will come out being the difference between Rav Meir and Rav Yehuda. That's what the Gemara is going to say. So let's see it inside. So therefore, Ela Amar Rav Yehudan, Shvach Nevela Ikebenayu. When the nevela goes up, there's a market rise in nevela. That's when there'll be a difference between them. The Mar Savah, the Nizak Havi, Rav Meir holds the nevela belongs completely to the Nizak. So therefore, the fact that we have over here a situation where there's $150 worth of damage and the nevela was worth 50, the fact that the nevela now went up to being worth 70, so that's gain. The gain of that is completely on the Nizak. It doesn't take away from the $150 that are $50 worth of damage that occurs and there's still going to have to be a $75 payment made by the by the mazik Umar Sover but according to Rabbi Yehuda Palga uh, that, that, uh, that, that half of that uh, money that went up Half of that money that went up in the Nevelo that was a 70 so it went up 20 so 10 of it 
is accrued to the mazik, which will offset a a a a, uh, a, a change of uh, of of the la- the damage part. Ten, it'll be now the damages are going to have to be viewed as instead of being a damage of seventy five, it'll be a damage of sixty five. Well, it was damage actually of one hundred fifty. It'll now be viewed as a damage of a hundred and and. Uh, 40, 140, because only 10 of it, only 10 of it is accrued to him. So it'll be 140, and he will have to pay on that 140, he'll only have to pay now, uh, instead of having to pay the 75, he'll only have to pay 70. So he gains 5 from the accrual of it. It's, it, it's just look through the notes, you'll see. So why is it like this? Umar Savar Palgo. And therefore, Palgo, half of the benefits are accrued to the Mazik. Says the Gemara, and the proof the proof to what Rabbi Yochanan is saying that it might not be that the, the equity in the Nevela uh, hurts him when it goes down because we said it can't be that a Tom is more Chomer than a Muan but it will help him when the equity goes up the proof of it is from another statement that, that, that was said by Rabbi Yehuda. You see that the question that was raised by Rabbi Yehuda, he raised the following question. It says like this, Now that you see that the Kaddish Baruch Hu has Rachmanus on the Mazik, how do we see the Rachmanus on the Mazik? That he gains a benefit in what case? When there's a shvach of the nevela, so you see that his equity in the nevela is for his benefit, that it offsets the expense when it goes up. So yachol, you might think like this, what if you have a, so if you see he has equity in the, in the nevela for his benefit, for his benefit, not for his hurt, for his benefit. So you might think, what about the following case? Shor You had an ox that's worth chamesh sloyim, which is 20 zuz. Right? Shenagach, that's the mazik. The mazik is worth 20 zuz. Shenagach shor shavemono. That damaged a shor that's worth 100 zuz. So get the case, uh, case, case in play. That you have a shor of, uh, Ruvain's worth 20 damaged shimans that is worth 100. Va nevela yofechamishim zuz. The nevela itself was worth 50. So what was the actual damage? 50. 50. Now, what then should be the amount that he pays? 25. He can't, but he can't pay more than 20, 20 because it's capped at 20 because his animal is Megufa. So that's what he really should be paying. He should be paying 20, the full amount of what his thing is. It's valued, the damage is 25 because it's from 50, half an hour, but he only paid 20. That's what it should be. But you might think now, so you might think that since the Pasuk says that you divide the Chai and you divide the Mace, and he has equity in the mace. So what should come out over here, if you divide the chai, the, the chai, the chai was worth 20, means each one gets 10 and 10, right? That'd be 10. And the mace now is worth 50, so each one should get 25 and 25. So it should come out that the mazik walks away with 45. He would have got like 45, instead of losing the whole 20. Now why would you have thought that? Because we see the shvach, 
for his benefit, you give him equity in the Nevela. So Rabbi Yehuda says that you might think that you should do such a thing, but that's wrong. You can't do that. But why would you have thought that? That's what he's saying. You would have thought that because you see when the Nevela goes up, who benefits from the Nevela going up? The Mazik. So you see he has equity in it. So Lachari, he has equity. So for his benefit, we give him equity. So maybe it should come out now that instead of losing 20, he actually walks away with, 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 um, is it? 30, 30, 35. 30, with 35. 10, 10, and 25. 10, 25 plus his original is just 20. No, no but he had half. You divide the original as well. It's Tav is 35. So you might think he walks away 35 instead of paying 20. He now he goes away 35. So Zev, uh, so therefore, so you might think that Amart, so you say to yourself, that is impossible. Because, how do we ever find a case that the mazik will benefit from the fact that his animal damaged? Number one. Shazen Niska, this one should benefit. The Omer, and furthermore, the Pasuk clearly tells us not like that. The Pasuk by Muad says, Sholem Yeshalem. And the Gemara makes a drasha. Why does it say Sholem Yeshalem? Sholem Yeshalem, not only do you pay by Muad, but you also have an obligation to pay by Tom. So it means it's comparing Tom to Muad. So what do you see? They always, the way you deal with the Mazik, he always has to be making a compensation Payment. He never receives. He always gives. So you have a, the, the Omer teaches you that even from the Pasuk, Shalom Yeshalom, he has to make the other person whole. Not that he ends up benefiting, benefiting and walking away. Right? The compensation package is not his compensation. The compensation is what he has to give for the Nizak. So also Shalom Yeshalom, Baalin Meshalmin, Vain Baalin Notlin. Okay, so bottom line is, what have we proven? We see that, you see that, how does Rabbi Yochanan understand the din of the Nevela? The din of Nevela is that the, the Mazik has equity. When does he have equity in it? He has equity in it that if it goes up, he has a part. Now, not that he has complete equity in it, we just proved that can't be what it means. But the point is, but you see that what Rabbi Yochanan wanted to say, Pshat and Rabbi Yehuda, is that Rabbi Yehuda holds different than Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Meir holds the whole ne- the Nevela always belongs to the Nizak. Whether it goes up, whether it goes down, it's all in the Cheshman of the Nizak. According to Rabbi Yochanan, what Rabbi Yehuda holds is by the Nevela, the Nevela, if it goes up, there is an offset onto his damage. Now, it's within reason. It can't be that he has equity in it, that it completely takes care, takes care of that he does. He actually can walk away with money. That we don't allow. But that's not. So now the Gemara just goes to the Brysa. The Brysa said two reasons. Number one, can't mean that he walks away with 35 instead of paying 25. Because, hey, Chan Matzina, where do we ever find that the Mazik is going to benefit from the Nezik? Number one. And the Omer, and there was another thing, it's also says Shalom Yeshalem. The Gemara wants to know, my the Omer, what was wrong with the first reason? The first reason, where do we see that the Mazik can benefit from what he did? That, that should be enough. Why do you have to bring down a Pasuk? And also it says, Shalom Yeshalem, that he always has to pay and he never gets, he never receives. So Gemara says, why do you need the Omer? The Chitem, maybe you'll tell me like this. Maybe you'll tell me, I understand that you can't make the mazik get more money in the case that we had. In the case that we had is that you're going to have like this. The mazik's going to walk away with 35, right? Instead of having to pay 20. Now, if he would have paid 20, how much would the nizak have ended up with? The maizah, how much does he end up with? Uh, 30. No, he'll end up with 70. No, he had a shore that was worth 100. 
Shor is worth a hundred, and it went down to fifty. So, uh, so he would end up. He what he should end up with. He gets twenty-five back. So plus the fifty, he ended up with. Should end up with seventy-five. Right, he should end up with seventy-five. Correct. That's what he should. What What does he end up with? He has. A, he ends up with seventy-five. He gets twenty-five. He should end up with seventy-five. If we did it the way that Rabbi Yochanan, uh, Rabbi Yehuda suggested, that you might have thought that you split it each way, so then he gets thirty-five. He'd end up with thirty-five. And what would the what would the uh, what would the nizak end up with in that case? Right. Let's go again. The case was that. The, uh, the 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 shor, what's it? The 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 the, 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 the 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 case over there was he had something that was worth twenty, and he had something that was worth a hundred that went down to fifty. You split up twenty five and twenty five, so he would get twenty five plus he would get the ten. He would end up with thirty five. So there, so maybe that's why you can't do it because you can't be get give more money to the mazik on the cheshbon that the nizak is going to end up less. That you can't end up doing. So that's why you say it wouldn't work. But what happens in case where the Nizak's not going to lose any money? For example, so maybe you cannot give equity to the Mazik, that the Mazik should benefit from it in cases where the Nizak loses. What about in a case, I'll give you an example, where a case where the Nizak's not going to lose. For example, if you're going, again, you had an ox that was worth 20 zuz. That damaged another ox that was worth 20 zoos. So you had an ox 20 zoos, damaged an ox 20 zoos. And the nevela went up. Market, the market went up. And now the nevela's yafesh loishim zoos is worth 30 zoos. Now, in such a case, the nevela's worth 30 zoos. Now, if you divide, the, you, you divide the five, the, the, you divide the, 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 the 20, it's 10 on one side, and it's 30 on the other side, gives a total of, of, it, it's 10 on one side, I'm sorry, and it's 30 on the other side. It gives a total of 35. So now each one would walk away with 35. Maybe in that case it's okay to do. Because it comes out the Nizak is getting more than what he originally started off with. Because what did he start off with? He started off with 5. So maybe in such a case you could do it. Yeah, you can't say, because maybe over here it's okay to do because you're not causing a loss to the Nizak from what the original damage was. Can the case again? The, the, the case is like this. The, each one had a, each one had 20, a, a, a 20 Zuz ox. 20. All right? And what happened over here is that instead of the Nevela going down because of the damage, yeah. the market went up. Now the Nevela, instead of being worth 20, it's worth 30. 30. So now what would happen over here is if you divide the live one of the Mazik and the dead one of the Nizak, each guy walks away with... Each guy 25. will walk away with twenty five. So each guy walks away with twenty five. Sorry, each one walks away with twenty five. That's more than the Nizak started off with. That's more than the it was 20. Yeah. Because he started off with twenty. So maybe in this case it's okay to divide it that way. Comes along this post that says, Shalom, Yeshalom, no. The the Mazik always has to pay. The Mazik can't get Therefore, if you only had the first Pasuk that says, hey, Khamatsi, how could you have that the, 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 the Mazik gains? But you might have thought that only means where the Nizak loses. But what if the Nizak's not going to lose? That's why the Pasuk is telling me, it's reiterating, no, it has to be a payment being made by the Mazik. You cannot have a benefit being made by the Mazik. So, in this case, if the Mazik 
if the Nizak thing went up in value, what's the Mazik going to do? Just is he going to just give him half of his? Uh, of so I'm not sure. I'm not sure. He's not going to He's not going to be able to make any money on it. Right. Right. How much he'll end up paying? It's not, I'm not clear how much, but he won't be able to make any money. That's the point. So therefore, it's as follows. Then case, let's give the equity to the mazik and let the mazik at least walk away with, let's have each one walk away 25. No, the bailim have to pay, they don't receive. So they don't get, he doesn't make gains, he cannot make gains on his damage. So therefore, the, the equity only there can help offset his losses but it cannot end up allowing him to gain, to gain from it. Okay. Let's go weiter. She says, comes out like this. If so, if Rabbi Yehuda is right, that you can have the equity, there's equity that's placed, there is equity placed in the novella uh, that belongs to the mazik, so then, matzinu l'Rav Yehuda tamishalem yotzi michatzi nezek. You can have a situation that the Tom pays more than half Nezek. Now, let me, let me explain to you what, what, he's, what he's trying to say over here. Let's step back for a moment and explain it. We have a pasuk. We have two, there's two aspects to the Pesukim by Tom. It says you divide the Shor Hames and you divide the Shor Hachai. Right? Now, Rav Meir learned that is that you're not actually dividing the Shor Hames. When it says the you're not dividing the nevela. It means that you use the nevela to define for you how much money was the loss, and then that's divided and split from the, from the money of the chai. That's the way, and therefore it comes out. You're always going to only be paying chatzinezek. The bottom line is you're always going to be paying chatzinezek. You can never pay more than half of the damages. Never more than half. Sometimes you might pay less than half the damage. How could you pay less than half the damages? If the, if the animal is capped, the animal that you damage with is going to be less than the amount that Chatzinezek you'll pay less. But you can never pay more than Chatzinezek. Why? Because that's what the Pazik says. is telling me the damages are always going to be up to 50%. Now, Rabbi Yehuda did not use the posik that way. He said, It's not coming to tell me that you calculate how much the damages are and you always pay half. He said, the posik is teaching me something else. He said, that posik is coming to teach me that there is a equity. You split the nevela means that the mazik has equity in the nevela. Under what cases does he have equity in the Vela? Well, it's said, not when it goes down, but sometimes he'll have equity in the Vela to offset the amount of money he would have to pay, that if it goes up, it offsets and he has to pay less because the damages go down. Fine. But it comes out, what the one is asking a question over here, it comes out that according to Rabbi Yehuda, you don't have really a Pasuk, you don't have a Pasuk that tells you that the damages are always for a time, it's always going to be Chatzinezek. There is no real Pesach that's telling me you only pay Chatzinezek. You don't have that. You have a Pesach you divide the live one and you divide the dead one and you divide the dead one means you give equity in it. But where do you have a Pesach that it's capped up to Chatzinezek? Because he doesn't learn the Pesach the way Rav Meir does. Rav Meir is the one that says Vagamasa Meis Yechetzun telling me that the total damage you can never pay more than Chatzinezek. But according to Rav Yehuda that uses the Pesach for something else 
Where does he know? It could come out then. It could come out with cases that the damage that is incurred, that he has to pay the damage that is incurred, could end up being more than half the damages. Right? Let's say that the, uh, let, let's say that you can come out, you have to, I think Rashi creates the case. Uh, uh, let's look at Rashi. Im Kane, the Lord Darish of Yehuda, Prash, Pirsosoi, Misa, Mechatsin, Bechai, so Matsinu, Tamashalam, Yosem, Mechatsinez, of Hechidam. Let's see like this. So Rashi gives the case. Shor Shave Nun. You have an ox that's worth 50 Zeus. Shenagak Lashor Shave Men. So you have an ox of 50 that gored an ox of 40. Alright? And the Nevela is worth 20. So let's go again. So you have here an ox of 50, damaging an ox worth of 40, and the Nevela is worth 20. What is the total amount of damages? 20. The total amount is, of, 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 uh, is 20. So really, what should be the payment? 10. The payment should be 10. 10 would be Chatzinezek according to Rav Meir. Because you're using the dead animal as the gauge. The dead animal is worth... Uh, is worth 20, it was originally 40, so it's a total of 20. Chatsi that, you take 10 out of the live animal, and that's what you would pay. That would be Chatsi Nezek if you go with Rav Meir. Now, but according to, uh, so therefore, Vahaba Nezek Chof, so the damage is 20. Palga Nezka, and half the damage is Asura. Now, the Chi Palgi Chatsi Chai, Vahatsi Mace, but according to Rav Yehuda, that you sell the live animal, you divide it into two, you're taking a live animal that is worth how much? 50. And you're dividing into two and you're doing 25 and 25. So now it comes out, you're doing 25 and 25. So it's, it's a lot more than Chatzinezek. Chatzinezek should have been 10. And now you're making the guy end up paying 25. So you see, so it says, it's more like this. So the Chayra Imkei Matzinu, so you have a situation. There, Yehuda Tamasham, Yosem Chatzinezek, Torah Amru, and the Torah says, Amachos Asharachai, Vechotzes Kaspo. Now, that, some take out that, that, that line. The, 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 because the Chayra, how do you know it's talking about Chatzinezek over there? We just had a way of reading the positive. It's not Chatzinezek according to Yehuda. Some say, we just know the next parak, Rabbi Yehuda says, Beferish, you never pay more than Chatzinezek. So the question is, Rabbi Yehuda holds, everybody holds, you never pay more than Chatzinezek. How does Rabbi Yehuda know that? Because the way he He's learning the psukim not like Rabbi Meir comes out you could pay more than Chatzinezek so when it says Ishle Rabbi Yehuda Rabbi Yehuda also agrees with Rabbi Meir's drosha he said Pras Shepris Misa Mechatim Bechai that he agrees that the half of the damages that is the, 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 you, you, the damages that is incur, incurred by the dead animal you only have to pay up to half so how does Rabbi Yehuda know that? You're going to tell me from the posseg of Rav Meir as well. From that posseg. Rabbi Yehuda used that posseg to teach me something else. What did he use that posseg to teach me? That the mazik has an equity in the nevelo. So how do you use that posseg to tell me that you never pay more than chatzinezek? Someone says no, because Imke Nikhtov Kra, the Pasuk only had to write Vesameis Yechutsun. My Vegam, the Vegam, that's an extra word, Shmamina Tarti. So Yudha learns two things on the Pasukim. One is there's equity in the Nevela that accrues to the Mazik in certain cases. And two, that Vegamis Ameis Yechutsun is that the way you calculate based on the carcass what the damage is, and that is pulled out from the Chai. He agrees with that as well. So you never pay more than Chai. So they, so they really essentially say the same thing. They say the same thing. The difference still comes out being that there is an accrual of benefit in the nevela that could help the mazik,